You're listening to highlights from the Creative Processes interview with cinematographer Sam Levy, who filmed award-winning films such as Lady Bird. This podcast is supported by the Yami Shesky Foundation. I think one of the things in Lady Bird that's interesting is she's incredibly vulnerable, especially in relationship to her mom. And then she starts to come out of her shell and becomes more and more empowered and less and less vulnerable in a sense. And so how do you convey that on screen? And a lot of it is just wanting it to that sense to, to be there. And so you just go along and find little subtle ways, like move the camera closer to someone and then you have more of a sense of their vulnerability in that moment. And then the actor does a little bit as well. How do you do these things to go along with what they're doing and with the colors of clothing and how the wall is painted and things like that? Every movie is different. Every story is different. We've been talking about Lady Bird and you mentioned Francis Ha. So we I, I worked, made Francis Ha first and there's this interesting relationship between her and her best friend that is almost like a romance, but it's not actually romantic. But the way the story is told, it's like two lovers. And then but they get into arguments and there's a lot of conflict. I was very lucky to have, have a wonderful mom who's an attorney. And growing up, my mom worked very long hours. And my father was a musician who did most of the cooking. And I think just having a strong mother with a career and a very distinctive point of view has something to do with all of this that uh, (laughs) like I'm looking for my mom and some of these projects, someone who really shaped my worldview that her relationship with her friends or possibly with her mom. And I think it just feels very familiar and fun with the best intentions possible. If I'm working with an actor I haven't worked with before, I just try without being patronizing to let them know, like, I'm here to have your back. And if, if you don't feel safe or if you feel uncomfortable, just stop everything, pull me aside or come find me and just tell me. And then we'll reverse the situation as quickly as we can. And if I'm operating, there's just this great unspoken language between the camera operator and and the performer. And uh, different performers have different preferences. Like, you know, Saoirse Ronan would love to talk to everybody and he'd really like love to make people laugh and feel comfortable. Just like that kind of energy was really great for her. And then right up until Greta would call action, she kind of had us in stitches in a great way, in a way that wasn't at odds with what we were doing. Laurie Metcalf, who played her mom, was not like that at all. It was very, very friendly and like wonderful to everybody, but just, she was just very quiet, very focused. And then she would come alive later when it was time to act. And so a big part of my job is to pick up on those rhythms and energy. It's almost like you're, I'm not hosting the party, but I'm, a, I'm an important part of planning of this party or dinner get together. And my job is to make sure everyone feels comfortable and is in the best possible position to give a great performance, or in the case of the camera crew, that they just have everything they need to do great work. I studied for a year under Eric Romer at Paris Michelet University, and his class was called Cinematography with Eric Romer, but it was not, we didn't shoot anything. We just watched films, mostly his films. And he would turn the sound off and just talk. It was fantastic. And I think the big thing that I got from studying with Romer was just his movies are extremely dialogue heavy, but they're very cinematic. And 
the way that he would talk about shooting scenes and in a film like My Night at Mods, that's like largely in one apartment dialogue spoken between two people and how to shoot a story that's told through dialogue, but not have it feel like television. And that came in handy later when I did meet Noah and Greta and you know, Noah's a huge Romer fan. So we talked about him a lot. And I think that helped me a lot just to have confidence that if a film has a lot of dialogue, you don't just have to, for it to feel cinematic and interesting, you don't just need like many different angles for the scene to play well. You can show some restraint and even have a scene can unfold in one shot and be dynamic, even if people are talking a lot. I've always thought that filmmaking rhymes with classical music. The process of making classical music that I observed as a child when I discovered filmmaking, I thought these things, they're very similar. They rhyme with each other. How about this doesn't sound pretentious, but what operating a camera does resemble the physicality of conducting an orchestra. My favorite conductor that I ever got to see was Seiji Ozawa, who was the musical director of the Boston Symphony and the Tokyo Symphony. But he was, my father's orchestra was the Boston Symphony and he was musical director for 35 years or something like that. And this was like, he was like a dancer, a really beautiful, elegant movements. And I watched him rehearse and perform for so many hours when I was a child. And I think subconsciously as a camera operator that it informed my sensibility and maybe if I'm able to pull off like an elegant smooth camera move like on the Mistress America movie Noah's movie we did a lot of big flourishy movements all in one shot the camera was like three years old when we made Francis Ha two or three years old and I already owned one and I'd been experimenting with it and one of the interesting things about that camera is that it's a very sophisticated still photo camera. It takes very, very high resolution still photos. It was one of the first consumer cameras, or some people would call it a prosumer camera. It's not cheap and it's not super expensive. It's like somewhere in the middle. The, the Canon company, in a nod to a photojournalist, added video to this still photo camera as an afterthought. And... So what's interesting about video with that specific camera is that get like nerdy for one second. It has a very large digital sensor, which means it photographs like a medium format Mamiya camera. It renders these very pleasing images that have a very shallow depth of field, which means that when something's in focus, like a portrait in, in the foreground is very in focus. What's in the background is very soft or out of focus in, in a very distinctive way. But the video of this camera is very low resolution, which just means simply that it's like a grainy image. It breaks up really easily. And the combination of this big sensor that renders this sort of resolved image, but this kind of grainy video is a really interesting combination. So anyways, I'd been experimenting with that camera a lot. And what it offered Francis Ha was the ability to have a very small camera. It's, very, it's a very physically small camera. And Noah at the time asked me, he had actually made this great documentary called De Palma about Brian De Palma that a friend of his and he made. And he was interested to make a feature with it. And I owned this camera and he asked, like, do you think this could work on a narrative feature film? And I was very confident with this camera. And it just, it was a really good tool for the project at the time because it just meant we could keep things very small and we could have a kind of smaller footprint and we built everything 
in the Francis Ha project around having a small footprint really working. And I think it ended up showing up on screen. So that's a bit of technical process there. But ultimately, again, it was thinking about like, well, Sophie and Francis, the two best friends in the movie and their relationship devolving, then reemerging towards the end. Like, how do we show that effectively? And in a way, just keeping things small and intimate on the set was a way at that. So this is a bit of the technique informing the emotional process. In a film like Mayday in Croatia, I got to be part of the group of people deciding like, no, it should be in Croatia as opposed to a different country. We looked at different countries for that film, but these coastlines with these beautiful, very bent looking trees, which the trees in Istria where we shot, because of the wind, there's like very bent looking. And we just loved the effect of these bent trees and sort of the feeling that it evokes, as well as just the quality of light in November in Croatia. It has less color than in the summer and that combined with the trees and so on. I live in New York City. It's nice to be at home and it's inspiring in a different way. What's great about international aspect of filmmaking is that the process really is very similar no matter where you go. There, there's different customs, which is always really fun to observe. I remember I, I shot a commercial in Mexico many years ago, and I don't speak Spanish. And my crew definitely spoke more English than I speak Spanish. I speak French, so I could speak sort of fake Spanish. And, and I picked up a few words. And the humbling thing about that process was just being able to say up, down, left, right, brighter and darker was like really all I needed to know. And then I, by the end, we could actually communicate. And it was, you know, that's the most wonderful thing. But I think my role is really, I'm a guest when I go to someone else's country. And I always want to learn their customs of filmmaking, because if I can fit into their customs within the context of what it is we're trying to do creatively on a film, it's first of all, more fun. And I learn. I mean, most of the films that I really admire are not from the United States. The first films that really made me see film as something other than entertainment were Swedish movies, Japanese movies. And uh, I got to shoot a little bit in Sweden for Spike Jones. I just asked him a million questions about Ingmar Bergman and Sven Nyqvist. We hope you have enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.